Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Today, I want to share um, on a passage that, you know, and I just looked it up. This is not something I've memorized, but there is 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Don't know if you knew that, but you'll go away with some knowledge you didn't have before, maybe. 1,189 chapters in the whole Bible. Karen and I didn't speak about what I'm going to speak about this morning. She gets up, starts the service in John 15. And I just said to her, you know, which chapter I'm preaching from is John 15. So, you know, you mathematicians can do the maths, but 1189 is a lot of possibilities of chapters that Karen could have got up and shared this morning. Obviously, God's got something from John 15 that He wants to share with us as a church family this morning. So you can know that this is not just by fluke that you're here. It's not by fluke that God's going to say some good stuff to us this morning. It's because He wants to speak to His children. And so let's hear what He has to say. I'm keen to hear. John 15 You've probably heard it many, many times. We're going to start in verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV version. I didn't put it up on the screen because I want to read the first 10 verses. This is Jesus' words to us. And He says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will become more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I'm going to just pause it there. There's a lot in that. But I, uh, this, in the last week, and I, I knew I'd pull a sermon analogy out of it somehow, um, and I was on our farm and we have wild olives growing on our farm, as you do right throughout the Adelaide Hills region. There's wild olives and in a lot of ways they're a pest because they just grow and grow and grow and they're out of control and they keep growing and they germinate really easily and, and so they can become a real problem. But lately we've been... Uh, um, thinking about it and we've been doing a bit of research and watching farmer shows and things like that and we've realised, hey, these olive trees could be of some value to us in the sense of we might be able to uh, reap the harvest of the fruit or press it for oil or do something good out of this stuff and so um, I've stopped wrenching them out with my tractor now and um, 
and, and I, as I told you last week, I had a friend ring me in the last, just over a week, I say, hey, I want to come and dig a few out and make bonsai trees out of uh, some of your, your olive trees. And so all of a sudden we're finding a use for this stuff and I'm wishing I didn't burn all those other ones. But, but anyway, so I'm, I'm out there this week uh, and I had my chainsaw out and uh, it's only a good week if you've used a motorised piece of equipment. Jeff's nodding. Yes, there's a few nods in the room. That smell of fumes and petrol, there's something about it. And uh, it, 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 it boosts the testosterone. Um, anyway, so I'm, it, it was raining actually. And uh, I had my chainsaw out and um, I had our puppy dog who's turning into a giant and he's jumping all over me. So I'm trying not to chop off his legs in the process. But I'm looking at these olive trees and I'm trying to pick which ones to trim and I'm not exactly very good at this but with olive trees you can't really make a mistake because even if you just cut the whole thing off it's going to grow back. And so I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm just going carefully and I'm digging right underneath with the chainsaw, quite a dangerous posture, um, but I'm getting right in under there to try and get close to the the real strong branches in the centre and I'm just cutting off and gradually, because these things are wild and, you know, sort of four or five metres high or higher. And so I'm getting in there and just gradually carving up some of the, the lower hanging branches and it's all entwined in there. And I couldn't help but think of John 15. And so the whole afternoon I'm meditating on John 15 in real life. And you'll know, I'm sure you've done that before in different um, seasons of life or situations, Scripture will come back to you and make it very real to you. And so I'm getting a whole lesson from the Lord that day or that afternoon on John 15. And what's interesting is the more I thought about this, the more I realised that God loves, He loves to craft us into fruitful trees his desire is that you would be so fruitful that you wouldn't even have to try. All that effort, all that striving in Christianity gets very tiring, doesn't it? Oh, I've got to pray. I've got to see people saved. I've got to pray for the sick to see them healed. Oh, I've got to go to church on Sunday. I've got to do this. All of that becomes religion, doesn't it? And it takes away of the joy and the love of having a relationship. God wants to have a relationship with you and me that we actually have joy. And if you keep reading in John 15, that's what it actually says. That the, our love and His love for us would create joy in our relationship. If you've lost your joy with Jesus, then stop doing some of those things, even out of routine, and start doing some, just some random things. Random things with Him. I don't know, just go and splash out on shopping or something and just bless yourself and enjoy the fact that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to be joyful. I don't know what, where I went wrong just then, but I'm just going to keep going. Otherwise, I'll get stuck in that trench. And it's a, it's a wet, soggy trench sometimes you just can't get out of. God wants to bless you. Maybe you're here today and that's what you needed to hear. God wants to bless you. He doesn't want to whip you. He doesn't want to, you know, do all sorts of mean things to you because you're a bad person. He actually put all of that stuff onto His Son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I don't have to have that.
We don't have to be punished for our sin. We don't have to be burdened with all the wrongdoings and wrong thinkings and all the wickedness of our life because of Jesus Christ. He's taken it all. That's why, that's why we have love displayed in God the Father because He put it all on His Son. Put it all on Him so that you and I don't have to worry anymore. We don't have to stress. We don't have to have anxiety. And we don't have to even know what's coming up in the next week or month. Sometimes we can have so much worry in this life, can't we, about, oh, I don't know what I'm doing in a year. I don't know how things in a month are going to pan out. Actually, it's quite scriptural to not know what we're doing even tomorrow. The Bible says don't even worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough cares for on its own. And so what we're out, we've got to be content, don't we? Content with our relationship with, with Him. I've got Invisalign put on in the last week or so. So every now and then you're just going to see this big blob of spit just shoot out like this. And if you catch it, it's anointed. I'm still getting used to it, but, you know, Karen and I are just joking about this stuff, so just bear with me. <laughs> Interesting about this passage is I read from the NIV, and most of us have read from the NIV and, uh, or similar versions, and we've read this, and, and you can read this and go, okay, yep, Lord, you're cutting off this in my life, you're cutting off that in my life, you're... You're, um, you know, cleansing me of this. And, and all of that is true. Interestingly enough, and if you're, if you're in your iPad or on your phone, can you go with me to the Passion Translation? Now, when the Passion Translation first came out, I wanted to make sure it's legit. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want some, you know, man-made theme or just nice little fluffy language or something like that. I wanted to make sure. Interestingly enough, when you look at John 15, and I've, I've done enough, enough research to be dangerous, but not fully wise. And John 15, we see those words cut off. And interestingly enough, when you look at the Greek, you can either interpret it cut off or lift up. And the Passion Translation brings that out. So we'll read it from John 15, 1 in the Passion Translation. And it says this, I am the true spouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connect to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. Isn't that interesting? So rather than cutting off, lifting and propping them up. And if you look at the Greek word, I can't pronounce it properly, but actually it can be interpreted either way. So when it's like that in Scripture, what do we do? Do you know what I do? I take both. I take both. And I look at it and say, well, actually, obviously the Lord left enough ambiguity in His own word for us to have to try and search out His heart in it. So we look at it and we search it out with different interpretations, different opinions. And read, you know, don't just read that same one person you've been reading for 68,000 years and only take his or her opinion. You know, crossbreed a little bit. Have a look at it and say, oh, wow. Well, maybe there is some truth in that. It's, he does want to cut off every branch that doesn't bear fruit, but he also wants to lift up. He also wants to lift up. And do you know what? If we're feeling condemnation more more often than not, he actually wants to lift up those branches that aren't bearing fruit. 
And so, yes, sometimes he'll cut them off. You know, maybe our pride and our arrogance and some of those big, bold, you know, uh, lifestyles and attitudes that just aren't right. But if we're feeling rejection, if we're feeling heaviness or if we're feeling weak, I don't think he's going to cut us off anymore. He's going to lift us up. He's actually going to take us to a place where we're not currently in by lifting us up by the power of his spirit. Lifting us up by faith, lifting us up into a realm that we don't currently live in. And so the heart of the Father is for you and for me is to lift us up, lift up our gifting, lift up our knowledge, lift up our skills into a place they're not currently. And He wants to, maybe today you're feeling a little bit down or maybe you're not feeling uh, like even being here this morning, I want to tell you, He's already propping you up. He's already propping you up. He already got you out of bed this morning. He propped you up out of bed and got you here this morning. And that's a good thing because maybe you needed to hear this, that the heart of the Father is to lift up your gifting, to shine His anointing onto you and onto me so that we can be displayers of His glory. Not so that we can revel in our own misery and our own problems in that victim mentality that always wants a problem. If, if you've ever been like in, in a situation in life like that, there's my Invisalign just twisting up in, in my own throat here. But anyway, I'm trying not to just release anointing into the atmosphere. Just poke the person next to you and say, he is a wally. That's me, not him, okay? I'm going to keep reading. John 15, verse 2 in the Passion. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting up and propping the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. It's interestingly that, again, looking at that word could be purged. So, again, rather than, and I don't know if you've ever... Uh, done snorkeling and you've used that little purge valve on the side, but it's a pretty useful valve. Gets rid of all your spit. And, um, and so, you, you know, you just sort of open it and you push out hard and it purges all the junk caught up in the snorkel there. And if you don't, you, you choke and it's not very nice. And this is, it's interesting. Sometimes God wants to purge us of our rubbish and we think it's going to be harsh and painful and the worst experience of our life because we don't like pain. Humans don't like pain. That's just a fact of life. Um, I hate pain and, and it's just one of those things. But often he doesn't want to inflict pain. He wants to lift up, prop up or purge us, maybe even simply, maybe just with a fresh thinking. Just purging old thinking, bring in fresh thinking. Maybe take away our carnal nature of always seeing a problem and just purge that and bring a solution. Maybe someone close to you just comes and gives you that fresh word of faith and it purges out doubt and it brings this life into your being. And that's what God does. I believe the heart of the Father is that He wouldn't purposely inflict pain on us, even though we feel that sometimes, but actually all the while He's trying to come alongside of us. And this is part of the Holy Spirit's job, isn't it? To come alongside of us and be our advocate and help in the lifting up and the propping up. So we don't even have to do it ourselves. Sometimes when we're trying to, trying to really get through a situation, sometimes the best thing we can do is let go. 
And just let go and say, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do this because I can't do it. I don't have the strength. I don't have the faith. I don't have the whatever it is. But you just say, Holy Spirit, come and help me because I need your help. Another word for the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The paraclete. Uh, we get that word parachute and other words para as in connected. And, and He wants to be connected to you. He wants to be right alongside of you. That's what it means to be right alongside. And believe me, if you're jumping out of a plane, you want a parachute right alongside of you. And... That's the Holy Spirit's job, to come right alongside of you, right alongside of me, especially when we're in need, so that He can lift us up and prop us up, and so He can bring us into an understanding that we didn't have before. I think it's amazing when I'm trimming these olive trees, and I'm I'm hacking them really, to be honest. They they look hacked, but um, they do look better than they, they were before. I was quite selective with the branches and I, I got quite, quite good at it, if I don't mind saying so myself. And so much so that there were certain ones that I'd look out at the fruit and I'd see, oh, wow, that, that's, that's actually a good one. And so I'd actually have to look at the root and the fruit to determine which ones I want gone or which ones I want to just untangle from in amongst the whole big tangly mess. Some of them don't need cutting. Some of you feel like if you finally commit to the Lord or give to the Lord whatever you've felt, it's going to be so painful, it's going to be so harsh. I'm going to tell you today, it's not going to be that hard. It's not going to be that hard. When you yield to Him, He's already waiting for you to lift you up and prop you up. Why? So that you can bear fruit. So that you can bear incredible fruit for the Kingdom. There's something that really hit us over last weekend and It's been stirring in us for the last few months. And that is that there's a growing desire in our hearts and we know in your hearts to see people saved. And it's not just for the reason that um, we would feel better about ourselves, but it's the desire of the Father. And He begins to reveal His heart when we begin to get open and listen and have different people speak into us, our lives and situations, we begin to see the heart of the Father. And the heart of the Father's always been to save the lost, hasn't it? And so we're coming into a, a, an awakening, if you like, of the fact that actually we want to grow our church with complete unbelievers. Sure, backsliders and other people are welcome, Absolutely. But the last thing we want to do is compete with every other church in this region. And believe me, there's hundreds of them. And they're good churches. They're good pastors. They're doing their best. They're doing everything that we're doing. Same story, same book. And and yet sometimes we can feel like we have to be doing better than someone else. And it's completely not the kingdom of God. It's completely not the kingdom of God. There's nowhere in the New Testament that says you've got to be doing better than the church down the road. You've got to have a minimum of 120 people and then you're okay. There's nothing like that in Scripture. The kingdom of God looks different. And His heart is to save the lost, isn't it? Increase us, yes. Bear fruit, yes. But ultimately to save the lost. And this is something that, that we've taken on and you know, we've planted some fresh new seedling gum trees around our farm with names. Hopefully your name's not on some of our trees. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're people we're believing to be saved. I think I might have had a Brian there somewhere, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm rubbing it off before you come up to the farm. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's 10 or 15 new trees. So we, we do good for the environment, but we also do good for the kingdom. So whenever we walk past them, they've got a name. They've got a name. And maybe for you, it's something like that, just to freshly awaken your spirit to unbelievers. Some people are more gifted. Ben, he's a great evangelist. I mean, like I said, you know, it was random driving along and he's yelling out the window, Jesus loves you. You know, I could do that, but I'm not sure I'm going to bear the same fruit. He's an evangelist. He's, he's awesome at that. I think my style is a little bit differently. Um, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay to be challenged and maybe give that a go. I don't know. I'll wait for some of you to do it first. Tell me your good stories. Then I'm going to do it. But it's good to be challenged, isn't it? The kingdom of God. Life is short. What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? If there's areas of our lives where we know He just wants to prune, he just, he just wants to get rid of. I want to give you an example, something like pornography. This is not something the Lord wants to lift up in your life. This is something He wants to prune. And the good thing is, He's a loving Heavenly Father. So He doesn't want to do it with condemnation and embarrassment and shame. He wants to do it with love. He wants to do it by, by just easily and simply giving you freedom in that area. And I, I believe it's one of those areas that we have to be really, really clear. This is not something that just laying on of hands will heal you from. It, that will help. And I believe in that. And if there's deliverance needed, let's go for it. But it's about also putting in place rigid roadblocks in your life so that you cannot go to the internet. If it's an issue in your life, stop being stupid. Shut the thing down. Shut the internet down. I mean that. So many men are crippled by pornography and yet they've got free access to the internet. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a glaringly obvious stupidity. And yet we need to rise up and be strong in some of these areas and say, I need cleanliness and purity more than I need to be able to look at Gumtree or eBay or something like that. Let your wife do it for you. You know, and hey, I mean, it's just, it's just typically a male problem. I don't want to just point that out only, but it's, it's one of those prevalent things. And if we can have honesty and transparency, but if we can just man up and get tough in this area and actually, you know, because we, 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 we love to see people come into freedom in this area and we love praying spirit, soul and body, right? It's all three. But when it, comes, when it comes to body, I've found that when it comes to pornography, it's 99.9% .9 body. Stop being stupid. Stop giving yourself access to this stuff. Start manning up and just saying no. It's, it's not that hard. Now, if you've got a habitual lifestyle where this thing's an issue, by the way, it's not in my notes, but I just want to say this. It's time we get free of this stuff. And, and we go to prayer lines and we, we go to all this stuff and all of that's good. Well, just shut off the internet. Unplug that thing from the wall. And if it's Wi-Fi, throw the damn thing out the window. You don't need it that much in your life. It's destroying you. It destroys men. And it's exactly what the enemy wants to do is destroy men, make them feel guilty, then make them feel even guiltier by putting guilt on the guilt. And then it goes back around into a cycle. If we can get free of this stuff, watch men rise up. 
Watch men rise up, not in a domination, not in a wrong spirit, because, you know, the whole leftist, you know, theology these days is crush men, make them feel bad about being men. In fact, don't even call them men anymore. And, and it's demonic because it's tearing down a godly kingdom principle and attitude of righteousness where actually we can be men and women can be women. We can both be strong like Karen and I. I mean, we are, we are strong. And our kids know that. We're very strong. Karen's stronger than me in some areas. I mean, she wins nine out of ten. And we've got strong kids as well. And so dinner around our tea table is just a big session of strong. Everyone's got an opinion. And everyone has to win. That's good fun. But God wants that. He wants you to be strong. If you've ever felt guilty about being a strong person, stop being guilty. Because God wants your strength. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to be a weak person so that you feel like you're more humble and godly. No, if he's given you strength, be a lion, but be a godly one. Not a, not a crazy lion who's just like our puppy who will run three farms down the road and I'm chasing him, you know, trying to capture him. He's strong, but he's crazy strong. We can be strong together in unity. It's what God wants to do in awakening is rise up the body of Christ so we can be strong together. And sometimes when we think he's going to prune, he's going to lift us up. Sometimes he'll promote you even when you stuff up. Even when you get it wrong, He'll bless you because He's a loving Heavenly Father, not a condemning Heavenly Father. Yeah, give Him a round of applause. Sometimes it's such a small little adjustment that's needed. I want to give you another chainsaw analogy. Is that okay? If, if it's not okay, you can go and get a coffee now. I give you that permission. I'll give it to you for free if it's, if it's that heavy duty. But chainsaws, I love them. And um, they're an amazing piece of equipment. And Karen's dad is John over there, bought me a, um, a blade sharpener. And uh, if you ever need a gadget, go and see John. He has the anointing of gadgets. And... I didn't know these things existed, but they do. So I've mounted it in the shed and, and I, I get out there sometimes and sharpen the blade. And it's interesting. I'm kind of heavy handed and I know that about myself. So I like to get a job done. But with chainsaw blades, which do the pruning of the vines, and in my case, olive trees, you have to be very delicate because if you press the grinder onto the blade too hard, the blade disappears. So um, you, you've actually just lost your whole blade. And I'm very heavy-handed. So my whole first chain, it took I'm thick, I'm dumb. And so it took me my whole first blade throwing it out, realising that I've got to be very delicate with this thing. And you just tap the grinder on the blade to get it sharp. And this is what it is with the Lord sometimes. We think it's going to be so painful and so hard and we're going to get a whipping and a beating and, and a yelling at. All he wants to do is just tap sometimes his grinder, tap his stone onto our heart to readjust our thinking. You are so much closer to your anointing and your fruitfulness than you think. You are so much closer. The enemy wants you to think you are years away. He wants you to think you're never going to attain to that thing that you've had promised over your life. He wants you to think that it's just a bygone promise, prophecy that some weirdo said over you and it's never going to come to pass. I want to tell you today, it's probably just one little grind away. 
one little sharpening of your heart and boom, you're going to see the anointing released and something's going to happen and fruitfulness will flow from that place of yielding your heart and then believing again. I've said this for a couple of years now, but I believe this is a word over people, particularly in the South, is to believe again. Don't give up believing. Don't give up believing in the promises over your life. Don't give up believing that God has incredible things to release through you. It doesn't have to happen through everyone else. It can happen through you. And it's one of those funny things that I think when we get a little bit of God's Word into us, it sharpens us. Do you feel sharpened by reading that this morning? I hope you do. Because I do as well. And I realise, wow, we're just... Millimetres away sometimes from breakthrough. Millimetres away from breakthrough because He wants to use you in His kingdom. You're not left out. You're not put on the shelf. You're not out in the cold. You are needed and valued in the kingdom of God. Desperately needed. When we look at this region and we see the need and in today's society, there's so much flippant confusion, isn't there? Um, we were at a, an incredible church service yesterday, 50,000 believers, all unified at Adelaide Oval yesterday. I know quite a few of you were there. Phenomenal unity in that place. The worship rising up, it was incredible. And they're believers, I can tell you that. Well, I was like this, you know. <laughs> It's, it's incredible what God wants to do through His people when we get a hold of it. And, you know, some people say we, we have to be unified and the whole body of Christ has to come together. And we want that, but we don't have to wait for that. You have an awakening inside of you. Some of your words will awaken other people. It might mean you have to chase people a little bit or get out of your comfort zone. That's okay. I'm trying to do the same myself. And it's one of those areas we continue to grow in. But just begin sharpening, begin sharpening, begin sharpening. Because I believe it's a, a word for us as a house. We want to see people saved, don't we? We want to see people come into faith to get to know Jesus Christ. Not, not just sort of, you know, doing the same thing we've been doing. You know, we're doing our best for 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever. But I believe that's a challenge for us is to begin to ask the Lord that He would send us into the harvest. See, the Bible doesn't say that, um, well, the Bible actually says that it's the harvesters. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Harvesters. Pray for harvesters. We're harvesters. Literally, we're harvesters. Harvesters. You're a harvester. Even if you don't feel like you are, you are. Even if you don't feel like you're good enough, you're probably better than all of us. I had a funny story phone call a few weeks ago. I won't give you too much information, but um, it was someone that we know and there was a demonic situation going on and um, ended up going around there and, and it just surprised me again. And these people aren't really believers, okay? So it was kind of a really weird situation. But, you know, the thing that was interesting is that because the demons were manifesting, um, it caused a lot of fear in these people that called us. And they were really willing to get in with Jesus when there was that much fear in the room. And it just reminded me that it doesn't matter whether people come to Jesus through fear of hell, or demonic stuff, 
or just through that oozing love of God, it doesn't really matter as long as they get to know Jesus. Sometimes we think it can only happen one way. They have to respond at an altar call and, you know, get a free coffee or a gift bag. And we want to improve all that process as well. But it's just about hearts, isn't it? Hearts getting to know Jesus. So why don't you stand with me? And I just want to pray for a few minutes. Just lift your hands. I just want to spend a minute or two just praying for our region. Is that okay? Pray with me. Begin praying out and just asking the Lord for harvesters in our region and send us and give us the right words and the right people and the right openings and wisdom to know when to say something and when not to say something and all those different conversations and opportunities. We want to know where the Spirit's going and what He's doing, what He's on. He's called you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask for all of those people that we can think of that don't know you. And Jesus, we ask that you'd help us. Help us to be wise. Help us to be loving. Help us in all the areas that we lack, Lord. We ask for your hand, for your anointing. Lord, we ask that you would prune what needs to be pruned and you'd lift up what needs to be lifted up. Lord, that you'd strengthen what is weak. And Lord, that you would channel and focus our gifting into those areas that you have for us. Lord, I thank you for the anointing on this house. I pray that you'd truly make us harvesters in the kingdom. 